The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Well, good morning, Harvest. How y'all doing this morning? Doing good? Alive, awake, nice warm weather we're having, right? I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I talked to a lady yesterday. I was getting my hair cut, and, and she tells me, I hate that it's getting warm. I like the cold weather. And I'm like, really? Why do you like cold weather? It's, I, I love being out in the sun and the heat. Who's, who's, a, who's a fan of the wintertime? There's a, there's a good amount of you. And who's a fan of summertime? I mean, come on, swimming pools. I was, I was throwing, my boys were throwing balloons at each other yesterday, water balloons at each other. I mean, come on, you got to enjoy summertime. Um, <laughs> anyway, well, it's, uh, it's, it's my honor to, to be able to share with you this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, if you're new or fairly new here, uh, I, my name is Jace. Uh, my name is actually Jason. That's my God-given name. Um, but our pastor's name is also Jason. And so, so my name is now Jace. So uh, everyone here refers to me as Jace. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, my wife, uh, Sarah, is the worship leader here, uh, and uh, we have we have five awesome kids, uh, ranging in ages. But the youngest is uh, two twin boys that are uh, four years old. Uh, my wife has put it like this in the past, and I thought it was awesome, and so I stole it from her. Um, uh, we were praying for God to give us another child, and He thought He would be funny and give us two. So, so we got we got blessed with two, and and they keep us busy, and they keep us going, and they. I think I'm starting to get gray hairs because of the last two. So. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, I'm excited to be able to share with you this morning. Um, it's a it's an honor and a privilege to be able to 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 be on this stage. I don't I definitely don't take it for granted. And so I just want to start off by by thanking Pastor Jason and Lisa for allowing me the honor uh, to be able to come up and share with you guys this morning. And with that being said, I want to tell you guys what an amazing uh, set of pastors that we have. We have probably one of the best set of pastors on this planet, right? So let's give it up for them this morning. Pastor Jason is, is out of town this morning, but he'll be back next week. Uh, and speaking of next week, we're going to be starting a new series called La Familia. You don't want to miss it. You want to come. You want to be a part of it. Uh, you're you're going you're gonna to get some great things out of it. So please come. Please be a part of that. Pastor's going to kick us off with a new series coming next week. So it's a great opportunity for me to, to kind of sneak in here and, and share something that's unrelated to the last series that we had and unrelated to La Familia and, and do a quick little one-off and then, and then move on to La Familia. Um, I want to talk to you this morning about uh, two extremes that, 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 that I personally have struggled with and I feel like, I feel like at, at one point or another that every one of us struggle with. Um, and that's the struggle of, of inadequacy and also the struggle of over-adequacy, okay? And I realize over-adequacy is not a word, okay? Uh, I made it up, so bear with me, okay? So there, these are two areas that I, I believe that we struggle with in, in our life. We struggle with in our relationship with God. We struggle with just, just in general uh, in, in one aspect or another. And so I want to take a few quick minutes and I want to just kind of talk to you about, about those and uh, about some things that maybe can help us uh, fight inadequacy or over-adequacy. Uh, but before we do that, something that we always do here at Harvest, uh, that pastor's always done, and, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I, I'll steal it from him because it's such an awesome idea. Uh, we want to just take just a couple of, just two, three, four, five, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and just real quick pray. 
uh, prepare our hearts to receive what God has for us this morning. Because I believe that uh, God's scripture is living and active, right? And that it's for today and it's for here and it's for now and it's for you and it's for your life. Do you believe that? And so I believe that God is going to speak to you this morning. Uh, and so I want to just take a minute and let's just, let's just stop and pause and, and let's prepare our hearts uh, for what, what, we, what I believe God has for us this morning. God, we thank you. We praise you, Father, that, that we get the opportunity to come before you this morning. We thank you that, that you are here in this place and that you desire to speak to each and every one of us. God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts right now in this moment, God, to receive what you have. God, that it would uh, uh, go deep, that it would sow seed in our hearts, and God, it would cause us to be more like you, Father. God, we praise you and we thank you for everything that you're doing right here, right now, in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to jump right into it. The first battle that, that I think we fight is, is inadequacy, right? When I say that word, when I say that word inadequacy, what, 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 what do you think comes to mind? You don't have to speak it out loud, but just when I say that word, what, what words do you start to think of? I, I start to think of words like, like not good enough, like a failure, uh, weak, or maybe uh, incapable, Right? Some of those words kind of come to mind as, as I'm thinking about this thought of inadequacy. I don't know if, uh, if maybe you've ever felt unqualified. Maybe, maybe there's been a job that you've done that you were underqualified for and you didn't feel like you could fulfill the task that was at hand because you didn't have the qualifications for that job, right? There's a number of different ways we can feel inadequate. We can, we can feel inadequate in, in, in our families. We can feel inadequate in our relationships. We can feel inadequate in, in the amount of uh, money that we make for our family. There's, there's lots and lots of different ways, right? Things that, 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 that maybe we just, we, just, we just don't add up. We can't add up. There's, uh, there's stories after stories in the Bible of characters in the Bible that were inadequate, that, that didn't feel like they were enough. And uh, we don't have time to share all of them this morning because I could sit here for the next two hours telling you about all these different people in the Bible uh, that, that struggled with this. But I'm just going to share a few with you real fast. We're going to go through them real quick and, and uh, kind of show you some areas. There was people like Moses. If we're familiar with Moses, uh, he met the presence of God at a burning bush, right? And God told him to lead his people Israel out of captivity. And what did Moses say? Uh, I have a hard time speaking. I, I, I'm not good at speaking. He, was, he, was, he felt inadequate, right? Jacob, a guy who's literally his name means deceiver, right? He deceived his father into giving him his older brother's inheritance, his older brother's uh, birthright, because he felt like being second born wasn't good enough. He needed to have all the rights of the firstborn son. Now there's, there's Thomas, also known as Doubting Thomas, he was one of the disciples of Jesus. He doubted Jesus, right? I, I, I guarantee you he struggled with some, with some inadequacies. How about Martha in the Bible? They were begging Jesus to come to, to see her brother Lazarus, and he took, took his sweet time. And, and, and Martha had her doubts with Jesus, right? What about Peter, the, one of the apostles? He saw Jesus walking on water, and he thought, I could go out there and I could do that, and started to, started to go out to, and walking on water and, and, and very quickly lost confidence, right? Doubt came in. Insecurity came in. And again, I'm sure, I'm sure I may have missed one or two there as, as I was sharing them, but there's, there's lots and lots of them in the Bible that, that 
time after time you see uh, an inadequacy, feel like they don't add up. All of these people, to a degree, were lacking what I would refer to as a faith step. Moses not believing God could use him because he didn't talk well. Jacob, a guy who lacked confidence in the fact that he was enough in the sight of God. Thomas, the disciple that had doubts that Jesus was really going to come back to, to, from the dead. He had to see it. He had to see it with his own eyes. He couldn't just believe it. He, he lacked that faith step. I think Martha lacked the faith that Jesus was, was going to be able to resurrect Lazarus. She needed him to come right here, right now, and come and, come and heal his sickness. And then when he finally got there, it was, basically, it was too late. You're too late, Jesus. He's dead. Right? Peter, the guy who had a lack of faith that he began to walk on water, and, and all of a sudden he started seeing all the circumstances around him, and, and, and his faith that Jesus was going to keep him above the water started dwindling, Right? He had a lack of faith. All of these people were, were, were lacking in faith in, in, in one way or another. The second battle that I see is the battle of over-adequacy, right? It's, it's, I don't know if you like the word or not. I'm sorry, but this, that's what I came up with, and I love it. So um, when, I, when I think of this word, I think of, of words like overconfident, I think of words like maybe, maybe cocky or arrogant or, or narcissistic maybe even, right? That, that I, I know everything I need to know, that I don't need to know anything else. I've got it all together. I've, I'm good. Don't worry about me. I feel like there's a couple of times in my life that, that, I've, that I've dealt with this as well. I felt this way as well. I felt like, like I can make decisions on my own, that, that I don't need to consult God and I can just... I know what I'm doing. I know where this is going, so I'm just going to make this decision and go, right? I think that's being over, over, being over adequate, being overconfident. You don't even take time to stop and talk to God and think to God and th- uh, ask God to help you make the right decision, whether it's for your finances or relationships, however that looks for you. You just, you just make the decision and you go, and you don't stop to take the time to think. There's also lots of people in the Bible that dealt with this as well. And here's a few of them. The first one I thought of was Samson. That Samson had this incredible strength that God gave him, right? Before he was even born, his, uh, God told his, his mother and father that he was going to be a Nazarite and he was going to be set apart. And he was going to have this incredible strength, this God-given strength, right? And then what happens? This, this woman, Delilah, right, she somehow convinces him to, to, to tell her how he gets his strength. Here's a side note. When you've been fooled twice by somebody, when they trick you two times, you've got to get smarter, right? You've got to say, oh, she's, she's really trying to trick me here. I probably shouldn't do it a third time, right? That's a, that's a story for another day. But uh, he, I, I can't believe that two times, the, and, and, then the, and then the guys come, and, and they try to do all these things to him that he told her that would, would zap his strength. And then at the end, he still tells her, this is what zaps my strength. And then, and then they do it, and then he gets... He gets captive, right? Because he was overconfident in the ability that God gave him, right? He thought, I can do it. There's a, there's a guy named David in the Bible, if you're familiar with him. 
as king, he, he, was, he was overconfident in the fact that he saw a beautiful woman and decided that he wanted her for himself. And despite the fact that she was married, uh, he, he wanted her for himself. And, and he thought, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll off her husband and get rid of him and nobody will ever know and nobody will be the wiser and it'll be, it'll be fine. And he made all these decisions on his own, right? We think about this man in the Bible, Jonah, who didn't want to follow what God told him to do and thought he'd know better and that he would go the opposite direction and do whatever Jonah wanted to do, going completely the other way of where God told Jonah to go, right? And then there's Abraham and Sarah, who God spoke to them and he told them that I'm going to give you a son, Right? And they felt like God wasn't moving fast enough, and so they took matters into their own hands, and they made up their own mind on what they were going to do to try to have a son without God, right? So time and time again, you know, we go through this, and we see all these different people that felt overadequate. Here's, here's one, one final one. Simon Peter. I love this one. If you were here a few weeks ago, Pastor was talking about Simon Peter. He thought he had to protect Jesus, Right? So he drew out his sword and he cut a guy's ear off. He had to protect Jesus. Of all people, Simon Peter had to protect Jesus, right? This is the same guy who, who also said he would never deny Jesus, but yet denied him three times, right? These are people that I believe in the, in the Bible struggled with, with overconfidence or overadequacy. If I'm to be totally honest with you, I feel like both of these category, categories um, at times, uh, we can feel inadequate, uh, and we're not good enough, and, and, I've, and I've failed at, at one or both of these things several times, right? There's, recently, there's been, there's been times that, that I've kind of felt uh, on, the, on the latter part, on the first part that I talked about, inadequate, feeling like I'm not enough. We have, uh, like, I, like I told you, we have two twin boys that are a joy and a blessing and a miracle. And the miracle part of it's a story for another day, but um, they're also a struggle. They're also, they're also challenging because there's two of them and one goes this way and one goes that way. And you try to get, you've got to get both of them, right? And one particular son, I'm not going to out him because I don't want him to feel bad. <laughs> but one of our sons is, is very strong-willed. I like to say it's like his mother, but it's really not. It's, it's like me. <laughs> If you ask my parents, they had a lot of trouble with me. <laughs> and so we, we have our challenges with one of our boys. And, and recently, in the recent past, in the recent, like, couple, like, month, month and a half, something like that, he's just been really struggling, like, struggling at preschool, struggling at, at, here at church. Like, he, he's struggling where, where he gets upset about something, and then he just can't get over it, and he, and he just gets angry and all these things. And, and as a parent, it's like you want to help your child. You want to help your child be the best that they can be. But then you're, you're struggling with all these thoughts of what did I do wrong? What, what did I not do well enough? What did I not teach him well enough? What, what example am I leading for him? What am I doing at home? That, and you think of all these different things, and you think, man, am I, am I adequate enough to father this, this kid? I mean, you can go down this rabbit hole, right? And you can go to all these different things and, and go to these, all these lows of, of, of what a horrible person I am and all these things, right? Uh, but, but, but I just, I'm, I'm being real. I'm being honest with you. That's something that I, 
that I've struggled with. I've struggled with not feeling like I'm qualified to do what I do. I, I feel like at times I, I own my own business, and I feel at times like I'm not qualified to run a business. Who am I to run a business, right? I feel like at times it's like with my family, like I don't, I don't feel qualified to be a, a fantastic husband or whatever, right? All these, all these different things. And, and so we struggle with this stuff. We struggle with being inadequate. And then on the flip side, we, we struggle. I also have the same struggle of being over-adequate where there's things in my life and there's areas of my life and there's situations in my life where I feel like I know enough about this situation that I can just make the decision and do what I need to do. And I don't need to stop and pause and wait on the voice of God. And that's, that's a problem, right? I totally went off my notes, but it's okay. So in both of these places, we have to get our, our hearts in a place, our hearts and our minds in a place that we know that we're adequate because we're a child of God, right? Now, I'm going to get into the good things. I'm going to get into the, to the, this is how we can help. We've got to establish the fact that we are a child of God. We're called and chosen by God. And that when we're in the presence of God and when, when, when we're doing what God's called us to do, we're enough. We don't have to overcompensate and we don't have to feel like we're not doing good enough. Because when we're in the presence of God, he qualifies us as being enough. Amen? I love this scripture verse in Galatians three twenty six through 29. It says, so in Christ we are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I don't know about y'all, but that is good news. Amen? That you don't have to be good enough. You don't have to meet this certain criteria that when you're a believer and you're a follower of Christ and you love Jesus, you become an heir in Christ. You become a child of Christ. You become God's son or daughter, right? So I think the first thing that we need to identify, the first thing that we need to recognize is that we're all children of God. That we need to find our identity in God, not in, not in what we can do, not in, not in what we can't do, right? But we need to find our identity in God and who God's made us and who God has intended us to be. Amen? And the other thing that I see is that we need to function in his grace and his mercy, if we don't function in his grace and his mercy, we're going to continue to fall back into those patterns. We're going to continue to fall back into those areas of our lives where we struggle. And so for a moment, I want to talk to you about grace. This is how grace is described in the Bible, and I, I absolutely love it. The dictionary defines grace as the free and unmerited favor of God as manifest in salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. In other words, grace is God's undeserved kindness. It's his gift to us, given freely without strings attached. Isn't that amazing? That God extends grace to us with, with, with no strings attached. God has so much grace for us that when we mess up, when we make mistakes, he knows that we make mistakes, but he still loves us through it. He chooses to show us kindness. 
when we feel inadequate and we feel like we're not enough, the grace of God covers that. Amen? When, we, when we're over-adequate and we try to do it on our own and we realize it, grace, His grace is enough. Amen? If we look here in, in Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says this, and this is uh, God speaking, or Jesus speaking, I'm sorry. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul goes on to say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I love how the grace of God is sufficient, is enough for us. That when we're weak, then when we're not enough, when we're not qualified, when we don't feel like we're worthy, He is right? When we feel weak, he's made strong. I love how Paul, Paul's basically, for, for lack of a better word, this is in my, in my, in my thoughts, that Paul's saying, basically, bring it on. Bring, bring on all the weakness you can throw at me, because all of my weakness, every weakness that I have is going to be a strength for God. Another thing I see, if you read a little bit before this section of Scripture, uh, it talks about how God gives Paul a thorn in his side, and now Paul goes on to describe that that thorn in his side helps keep him humble, helps keep him from being over-adequate. It helps keep him from boasting in himself. It helps keep him from saying, I did it on my own. He has this constant reminder, God, keep me humble, because I don't want to take all the credit. He sees that in his weakness, in his pain, he can't claim the credit. He, he doesn't get the credit. He has to give it to God for all the, all the miraculous things that God used him for in the Bible. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not about what Peter did, but it's about the things that Jesus did through Peter. I feel like we need to operate in this same type of grace. That I'm a child of God, that I'm found in him. I'm covered by his grace, and I'm enough. I don't have to overcompensate either. I'm enough. The other thing I see is, is, is the mercy of God. The definition of mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within their power to punish or harm. If you were here uh, last week, pastor talked about truth, talked about absolute truth, right? And I want to tell you some absolute truth that every one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us is a sinner. And we're all deserving of death. That's the punishment for sin. But here's the awesome news, right? Because of the mercy of God, he chooses to forgive us. Amen? Come on, that's, that's good news. He chooses to forgive us because of his mercy. There's a scripture in John 10.10. 10. We say it a lot here at Harvest. Uh, I love it. It's probably one of my favorite scripture verses. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus desires for us to have life. He, ha he desires for us to have a full life. 
And that's only made possible by His grace and by His mercy. Amen? There's another scripture verse in Ephesians 2, uh, 4 through 10. But it's because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in sin, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raises us up with Christ and seats us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming age he might show the uncomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Are you ready for this? Therefore, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Amen? This is not from from yourselves. This is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Amen? That's the other thing I see is that when we're operating in the grace of God, our inadequacies, we don't have to work for them. We don't have to work for that grace. It's given freely, right? And when it's given freely, when we're, when we're inadequate and we're not enough, and that gift of grace is given freely, we can't say, oh, I did it, because Christ did it in us. Amen? God has such great love for us as his children that he chose to show us mercy by sending Jesus, his one and his only, to pay the price for our sins, for our mess-ups, for our mistakes. So it's by this grace that we're saved. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. It's a free gift. So we need to continue to, to find our identity in Christ for, for, because of uh, that it's Christ. We need to find our identity in Christ because we're children of God. Amen. If we go quickly back to the, the stories that I was telling you at the beginning about inadequacies and over-adequacies, Moses, one of the people that felt inadequate, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you may know this and you may not, but he was, the, he was the man who led the children of Israel out of captivity and into freedom, right? God used him in a powerful way by his grace and his mercy, Jacob, also known as Israel, became what is now known as the nation of Israel. An entire nation came out of, out of a man named Jacob because God used him. Martha, after all that stuff went down, ended up becoming one of the most devoted followers of Jesus. How about the characters in the Bible that struggled with over-adequacy? Samson's hair grew back towards the end of his life. And there was, the Philistines were throwing this party, and Samson was able to uh, knock down an entire building and, and, and kill a whole bunch of Philistines. God used him to, to glorify his name. How about David? He was called a man after God's heart. He was one of the greatest kings of Israel, and from his lineage came Jesus. So God used him. Jonah, God used him despite the fact that he decided he wanted to go the complete opposite direction. God used him, and, and through God using Jonah, he saved an entire nation, or sorry, a, a whole city. Abraham, the guy who struggled and fought to have one child, ended up becoming the father of a nation. 
Then there was Simon Peter. The Bible says this, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he also went on to do great things for, for Christ. All of these individuals, despite the things that they were dealing with, despite the inadequacies, despite the struggles that they were dealing with in life, ended up having some pretty amazing accomplishments. But those accomplishments only came by the grace and the mercy of God. By finding their identity in Him and who He made them, not in what they could do, not in their capabilities, but in the capabilities of what God could do through them by His power, by Christ's power, not by their power. In Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love this scripture because in a way this kind of ties into uh, our, our last series on He Gets Us. He Gets Us was a, was a series that was talking about Jesus and how he lived here on earth and, and how he gets us and he understands us. I love that the scripture says that that Jesus was here on earth and he empathizes with us. And he knows, he lived a life here on earth and he knows the struggles that we have because he, he dealt with them, yet he didn't sin. I love the second part. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Not with our confidence, but with God's confidence. Amen? so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So the things I see is that when we're functioning in grace and mercy and when we approach the throne room of God, that's when God can, can help us with our inadequacies. He can help us with our, with our over-adequacies because he's enough. Amen? We can come before God knowing that we're children of him. We can approach his throne room with confidence because we can say, God, I'm a a child of God. It's so easy for me to, to relate to this because I have two little ones, two little four year olds. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, it doesn't matter if I'm carrying a heavy object that I've got to put down, it doesn't matter. My boys will come running up to me and want me to hold them or want me to get something for them, whatever the case is. And because I love them, because I want relationship with them, I choose to choose them over whatever I'm doing. There's been times I'm in the middle of a conversation with somebody and my kid will come and try to get my attention. <laughs> and I, I love, I love how, how that makes it so relatable to God. That, that we're children of God and that he's not too busy for us. He's not too busy to hang out with us. He's not, he's not too busy to drop what he's doing and, and say, 
What do you need? Get down on his knee and, and hang out with us and talk to us. That, that we are children of God and that we can come to him and call on him for every single need. And that it's because of his grace and mercy that's given us access to that. It's because he chose to show us grace and give us mercy. That's how we have access directly to his throne room. That's how when, when we're struggling with feeling like we're not enough, that we're not capable, that we can't do it, that's when we run to God and say, hey, I, I can't figure this out on my own, God, I need you. I can't make this happen on my own, God, I need you. Or when, or when we're over, overconfident, we, we, we pause and we say, hold on. I know, I know what I'm doing. Or I, know, I know how this is going, but, but I also want to consult God. I want to get God's opinion. I want, to, I want to hear what God has to say about this situation. Because I'll tell you right now, there's been, there's been times in my business where I felt confident in what I was doing and I took on a client and I said, cool, this is great work. We're going we're gonna to get this work from this client and it's going to be amazing and it's a lot of money and it's going to be awesome. And I didn't stop and I didn't say, God, is this the right client for me? And it bit me in the butt and I got myself in trouble and it ended badly. <laughs> So we need to take the time, we need to slow down, those of us that struggle with that, we need to slow down and we need to say, God, am I making the right decision here? Am I making the right decision for my family? Am I making the right decision for my business? I'll, I'll tell you right now, I str I'm struggling, my wife and I are struggling right now, our boys are about to go into kindergarten. <laughs> And I'm struggling. Am, am I making the right decision in sending them here or should I send them there? Or I really can't afford to send them here, but, you know, all these different things, right? And some of us think, oh, it's easy. It's just, just, just a decision to send your kid somewhere, whatever, right? But it's really not. It's, it's a big, big, big decision. And it's, it's easy to just say, oh, just send them to public school or just send them to this or send them to that. But we got to take the time to slow down and say, God, what is best for my family? What is best for this situation? What's, what's best for the growth of my child? Right? I'll, I'll even go one more. <laughs> Buying a car. Here's another one. Ready? <laughs> I've been, been there. You get impulsive. You go see this fancy new awesome Ford pickup truck that you want to buy. It's great Ford, yeah? And you're like, man, I really want that F-250 or 350 or 450. Uh, and, and man, that's just the coolest thing ever. It's going to be great for my business, whatever, right? And you don't pause and say, God, is this the right decision for me? And you just buy that vehicle. And then three months down the road, you lose a bunch of business and you can't afford to make the payments on it and it gets repoed. <laughs> right? So my approach, we haven't bought a new car in a while, but my approach is this. And it may be right, it may be wrong. You judge it on your own, I don't care. When I go and I, we're looking at a new vehicle that we need for our family or whatever, I go, God, if this is your will 
and you desire us to have this vehicle, everything will work out evenly, smoothly, and everything will go great. And if it's not your will and it's not your desire for us to have this vehicle, a hiccup's going to happen and it's going to cause us not to get this vehicle because I want the right vehicle that you have for me. I know that sounds silly and it sounds like it's not a big deal, but we need to involve God in all the things that we do. And I'm, I'm so guilty at times of just, just, just go and do it. Just go and make that decision. Just go and make that happen. And, and, I'm, and I'm feeling convicted. God, I, need to, I really need to slow down and I need to get your advice and your opinion and your word on this area of my life. And so as we get ready to close, we're, we're going to go back into worship for a few moments. And this last scripture verse that I was just sharing with you in Hebrews sets us up so well to go back into worship talks about, let us then approach the God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I just want to encourage you as, as we go back into worship, take a few moments, begin to search your heart, begin to seek after God and say, God, is there some areas in my life where, where maybe, I, maybe I missed it? Maybe I got too carried away and I just made a decision without you? Or are there some areas in my life where, where I, I feel like I'm not good enough, that I, 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 I can't make those decisions because I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified enough to make those decisions? And let's just take a few moments and let's just, let's just seek after him for a few moments as, as we worship. And then, and then I'm going to come back up and I'm, I'm going to say a prayer over you. But, but let's do that for a few moments. Let's, if the worship team will, will help me with that, let's, let's take a few moments and, and just worship him this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.